Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Now, Kenny, <clears throat> Kenny, I have a kind of a weather-related question for you. Not that you you should know this, but uh, I'm looking at the uh, AccuWeather for this for Duluth, uh, and it's saying that our quality, our air quality, is currently poor, rated 76. The air has reached a high level of pollution and is unhealthy for sensitive groups. Reduce time spent outside if you are feeling symptoms such as difficulty breathing or throat irritation. Is that because of the fire up at Lutzen, do you think, or is that something else going on? No, in... no. No? I, well, I don't think so. I, I, I think what we're seeing here is that this type of stagnant weather um, pattern, if you will, uh, causes a lot of uh, ozone and other pollutants just to kind of linger. Um, now, that's okay. just my guess. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I did see that, that the air quality, there is a, a red flag Four. or whatever they're calling it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, Northlanders, a couple other things uh, that you need to probably th- think about a little bit. I, I found this rather interesting this morning. Uh, Fox News had a story that, of course, we are getting into that season, that there are primaries or caucuses going on all over the country. Well, today... In Nevada, Nevada holds its presidential primary. Guess who's on the ballot? On the Democratic side, Joe Biden is pretty much uh, by himself, although there is a uh, uh, two minor contenders um, that really don't don't probably look like they're going to garner much. But on the Republican side... The only person on the Republican primary ballot is Nikki Haley. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? A, I don't remember Nevada trying to keep Trump off the ballot. Trump kept himself off the ballot. Now, you might find this kind of interesting. This is because I did when I read it this morning. It's presidential primary day in Nevada, which for a couple of decades has been a key early voting state in the race for the White House. Three days after a massive uh, victory in South Carolina's Democratic primary, President Biden is expected to score a second straight straight win there because all he has is a couple of minor contenders left over. But Nikki Haley, the former two-term South Carolina governor, who later served as U.N. ambassador in Donald Trump's administration, is the sole remaining candidate listed in the state-run Republican primary contest. And here's why. Because Nevada is one of these weird states that not only has a primary that they're hosting today, but they also have a caucus, which happens in just two days. And the deal is in Nevada that if you win the primary, the the ballot uh, deal today, there is no uh, uh, no delegates given during for the, to the winner of the primary. Instead, all of the delegates go to the presidential caucus, which is run in, in two days. And the Nevada GOP objected to having this, uh, uh, you know, both of them together and they're being run at the same time. So here's how it works. 
last year their legal bid to stop the primary from going forward was rejected. In other words, the the Republicans in Nevada said, we don't want to have a primary and a caucus. We want to have just the caucus. Well, somehow they rejected that, and they, so they put the primary out there. The judge in the case allowed the state Republicans to hold their own caucus. No delegates will be at stake in the Republican primary today with all 26 up for grab in the GOP caucus in two days. And here's the deal. The GOP caucus is controlled by Trump people. The head of the Republican Party in Nevada is a Trump delegate. Uh, All of them, the GOP ruled that candidates who put their name on the state-run primary ballot could not take part in the caucuses. Haley and some of the other now-departed Republican candidates said, well, we're going to go on the primary. So she finds herself on the primary that means nothing. If she wins, which she should win since she's the only one on there, she will get no delegates out of it. Nevada's co-chair, Michael McDonald, and both of the state members of the Republican National Committee are supporting Trump, and they feel that Trump will walk away after the prim- after the caucus in two days with all 26 delegates because Haley has decided not to go to the caucuses and not to spend any money um, to try to grab any of the votes from the caucus at all. We made the decision early on that we were not going to pay 55000 to a Trump entity that, you know, to participate in a process that was rigged for Trump, Haley's campaign manager, Betsy Ankeny, argued on Monday. Trump's assured of winning all 26 delegates at stake. Advisors have some concerns, though, that uh, and the concern is this, an unpleasant potential scenario for Trump who won both the Iowa caucus and New Hampshire primary by double digits, could be that Haley might grab more votes in the primary than Trump lands in the caucus. Turns out that you can, if you are a, uh, if you are a registered Republican in Nevada, you can vote in both contests. So if you go and vote in the primary, you may not want to go to the caucus. And so you might not show up there and Trump may win the 26 delegates by a lower turnout. That's his only concern. But he's going to walk away with all the delegates from Nevada. Anyway, we've got our friend Tom from Port Wing. Uh, Tom, how are you doing this afternoon? Well, I'm I'm doing quite well. Um, I think Lou Lotto used to describe that as the Republicans being able to screw up a two-car funeral. Right, right. You know, it's just it's so bizarre, that whole situation there. Um, speaking of elections, though, I, I wanted to, I, I watched a particular program, and the sanctimonious left was out there talking about how planet-wide we have about a billion people that are going to be voting uh, worldwide in different elections and so on and so forth, and how okay. some of these backward third world countries are using uh, the courts and the judicial process to keep certain people uh, off the ballot or in the uh, instance of uh, Khan over in Pakistan, they're actually going to lock him up. 
And what I found so interesting about that, Brad, is as they're talking about this stuff, and I instantly thought of how, you know, here we here we have Asia, Africa, Central and South America pulling these kinds of things to kind of thwart uh, uh, an election process. And both people stopped, and for two seconds, I instantly thought of what? I thought of four indictments and 91 criminal counts against Donald Trump. Right. And, you know, they didn't want to uh, refer to the United States as one of those backwards uh, countries that can't even hold an election process without the courts and the judicial uh, uh, people getting involved in it. But don't we have something similar to that going on right now in this country? Oh, I, th- I think it's very similar. It's just that it's not uh, it's not kind of controlled by the electoral process, but it's controlled by the opposite party and the media that are trying their darndest to keep Donald Trump off the ballot any way they can or make him so damaged that he would appear to be non uh, coinc- uh, not not even an event in the election. Yeah, and I mean, well, we're, you know, these people are pointing out all these other places where these backward third world countries, and what do we look like with the Democrats? Because this is all foisted on us by the Democrats. That oh, of course it doing is. That. Yeah. So I, I, I said what I'm going to say about that, and I, I want to make a comment about uh, this border bill that's you know is yeah. coming up here. Okay, is it not true that we had the Biden administration for three years telling us open borders, not a problem? Then we had the Democrats uh, in both the House and the Senate. They ran around for three years, also, Brad, and they said open borders, not a problem. And now. <clears throat> Ten months before the election, when every indication is it's a real problem for them, they're going to solve the problem for us. And if the Republicans, I am so tired of these uh, Democrats coming on these different programs and making this stupid case that they're going to. This is the solution to the problem, and the ones who are the obstructionists are the Republicans, and that darn. Donald Trump, he's not even in office, and he's he's goofing the whole thing up. He must wield some kind of magic power that you know. He does. Uh, he has he has that magic dust. Do, yeah, uh, from from being non-president, you know, of the country currently, to wielding this wand and all these things on on this particular issue he controls, and these other issues he doesn't control. You know, but the, this baloney that it's Donald Trump and the Republicans that are standing in the way of us getting a border bill. I I just, you know, you know, know, Tom, I I, got it. I got to tell you, Tom, I finally gave your governor in Wisconsin a little bit of credit the other day. And only because only because he came out and actually said, we're not going to try to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. I don't think that's the way the democratic process should work. If he if he is the the uh, 
carrier of the Republican Party for president. He should be on the ballot and we should let the voters decide. What a unique concept, huh? Oh, yeah, that's that's really cutting edge. I mean, that's what the whole process is all about. And you know what? If you do that, you don't try and put the guy in jail necessarily. And, you know, you don't think up 91 different counts uh, because you're afraid you're going to lose. And because doesn't that make us look like, uh, uh, well, I don't know, a banana well, republic? It makes us look like a kangaroo court system is what it makes us look like, yeah. Yeah, it's embarrassing. You know, I wish the Democrats would wake up one day and, and get it through their head that just let the process go forward. And you know what? We'll see what happens after the election as to who won. Exactly. Maybe that, that's a whole new concept instead of that, trying to that, determine the outcome before the election. That's so. really what it's supposed to be about. But uh, again, what we've been talking about this morning, Tom, this border situation, I, I don't care what the Democrats try to say, what they try to do. This issue is going to be the quintessential issue of the November election. Now, Biden, I understand, is coming out. He's going to have a press conference here. He was supposed to have it an hour ago, but his uh, counselors have been back behind closed doors trying to talk to him about what to say or put on the teleprompter for him to read about what his uh, belief is on this uh, bill that doesn't appear like it's going anywhere. In fact, it may not even get out of the Democratic-controlled Senate. Um, But... You know, he's he is bound and determined that he's going to try to find some way to make what is happening at the border that is totally his responsibility, twist it and turn it and make it somehow appear like it's the responsibility of the Republicans. Like you like you just said, I don't think I don't think the majority of the Americans are buying that even the Democratic controlled uh, People in places like New York and Chicago, they see what's going on. They know what's going on. What are we talking about? Give me a little break here. Get a life. (laughs) Oh, God. You got to be careful with Joe. He's kind of sensitive. He is, you know, and... And he's, uh, you know, he's pretty happy about that Corvette in the garage hiding his, uh, you know, all of his material yeah. Uh, yeah. that he had, uh, that Donald Trump was uh, got the guy, the scoundrel that was holding on to all of these uh, classified materials. And, oh, by the way, Joe, you got some too. Oh, 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 well, let's not talk about that yeah. anymore then. <laughs> yeah, my garage is locked. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bradley, yesterday you talked to... Um, Fred from Hawthorne. And Fred said something that was very simple, very straightforward, and really is a solution to the border. All President Biden has to do is tell these migrants to stop. Stop. Don't come here. Stop. Don't come here. Because he said, you should come if you're seeking asylum. Well, now he should say, stop coming. I am the great and powerful Biden. Stop coming. (laughs) Brad, this is a quick, short soundbite I'm going to play for you. Biden was on Please. 60 Minutes. This was back in September of 2022. 60 Minutes host Scott Pelley asked Biden what he should say to Putin 
if Russia uses chemical or tactical nuclear weapons against Ukraine. This was President Biden's response. Don't. 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 So Fred is right. Stop. Stop. (laughs) He might be be able to remember to say that, too. Stop. That's a small little word, four letters. This is he Joe, can probably do that. This is Joe Biden's mess. This border issue, no, no. Uh, the um, economy, the inflation, uh, it goes on and on. And this is what is very important now to voters, Brad, because they see it every night on the TVs. They see these hordes of people walking towards the border, and they're coming in, they're going to these cities, and what are they getting? They're getting hotel rooms. I was watching Gutfeld last night, and he had a guy in there. I can't remember his name. I think he's a comedian. And he said, you know what people should do from New York City? They should go to Mexico and then come back to New York to get the free hotel. (laughs) And the cash card. Yeah. And it's sad that we're talking about this. Walk across the Rio Grande into Mexico and then turn around and come right back. Yeah. Yeah. And say you're seeking asylum from Mexico. Where's my uh, hotel and where's my cash card? This is right. sad that we have comedians talking about this and making. Well, somebody's got to talk about it's it. It's crazy. Somebody's got to. It is. It's absolutely crazy. But I'll tell you, I am beginning to think more and more that we have a president that is really starting to regress with his mental capacity. And after we take this first break, I'll give you the latest example of that that happened Sunday uh, in an interview that he did in Las Vegas. It's it's kind of frightening. We'll talk about that when we come back right after this. Arrowhead Auto Body, serving the Twin Ports with locations in Hermantown and Superior. KDAL time is 1229, 40 degrees at the National Weather Service. My goodness, extremely mild, but we are overcast. And uh, we're dealing with uh, some air quality uh, issues right now, unhealthy for sensitive right. groups. So keep that in mind. Kenny, uh, would you agree with me that that last clip that we just had from Arrowhead Auto Body, that is the perfect example of a company that really put together a musical segment for their advertising that really works. That's a catchy tune. They've had that jingle for, I want to say, close to 30 years now, maybe longer but when I was in the car rental biz, a car auto rental, still on the corner of Haynes and Miller, or Miller right. Trunk Highway, uh, we right. would get to Arrowhead Auto Body just down the road on Haynes from time to time. And I remember talking to the people down there at the time. Somebody was in town, and I hope I have my details right, but I, if I recall, somebody was just going around uh, shopping and had this cute little jingle and made that ad, and Arrowhead Auto Body said, sure, we'll do that. And Brad, they they paid and boom. <laughs> well, and they paid very little for it. Oh, I'm sure. And they're I'm still sure. using it today, and uh, that's probably the most creative and best used jingle, commercial jingle in our market ever. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, what what's what else can you think of that comes close to that? Oh, I know. No, I can't. Jim's uh, Hamburgers right downtown. Jim's <laughs> Hamburgers right uptown. Jim's. No. No, no not Jim's Hamburgers? No. Okay. No, I don't think that's. No. No. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll get off on something else here. Oh, so I want to I give you the latest example of Joe Biden kind of falling off the bike. 
well, not really fallen off the bike, but but Sunday in Las Vegas, he was talking to a crowd of people, to a group of uh, people at a fundraiser, and he brought up the brought up the former president of France, Francois Mitterrand, who was president between 1981 and 1995, and he he told a crowd on Sunday in Las Vegas that he recently met with Francis Mitterrand the president who's been dead for nearly 30 years. Were you you meeting with him, Joel, in your sleep? Yeah. Or the comment came while Biden was warning of the dangers of potential second Trump presidency as he aimed to shore up enthusiasm ahead of Tuesday's Democratic primary in Nevada. Biden recounted a story he was told many times during his presidency about a meeting he had with French President uh, Mitterrand during a G7 meeting in England was some months after Biden had taken over the White House. I sat down and I said, America's back, Biden recalled, and Mitterrand from Germany, which he wasn't from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, Biden appeared to tail off before collecting his thoughts and finished the sentence with, well, uh, how long are you back for? The president continued saying the chancellor of Germany asked him how he, and by extension, the U.S. would respond if hypothetically thousands of people stormed British's House of Commons and killed two bobbies. Francois Mitterrand was France president between 81 and 95, and he died in 96. <laughs> so how he could be saying that he recently had a conversation with him had to be in his dreams. Yeah. Well, we know Joe's a liar. And Joe is probably the funniest president we've ever had. But we're laughing at him for things that we really shouldn't be laughing at him for. No, no, we should But, shouldn't. Brad, it's his own fault. And the other night I was told this weekend that Nikki Haley was on Saturday Night Live. I stopped yes, watching Saturday Night Live about four years ago. Yeah, uh, They just got too weird for me. They got too yeah. political, and they were focused on one political party. And I hope they're having fun still. But they had Nikki Haley on in the audience. I'm sorry, Nikki Cheney. And she was a part of the skit, the the bit, the piece with the uh, impersonator of Donald Trump. I'm not even sure who that person is now. It's not the uh, alleged killer, uh, Alec Baldwin. But, uh, no. <laughs> you know, but nonetheless, uh, they should have Joe Biden on. Joe Biden would make me laugh. I would watch Saturday Night Live if Joe was on. And all they have to oh, do is say, too. Joe, what do you have to say? You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that makes me laugh. I, I, I see that Trump the other day uh, finally has come out now and said, look, when we get, in, when we get close, to the, uh, close to the election process, I'm going to demand that we have uh, uh, debates between Joe Biden and myself. Because I think he knows that if he can get Biden in there without an earpiece, without a teleprompter, this could be really embarrassing. Yeah, this is um, really something what's going on, Brad. We've got a president who is uh, losing his mind. He's incompetent. He's derelict at times, or at least appears that way. And his 
rating uh, popularity is uh, as low as any other president. I think I think they're saying the lowest since Bush. It, well, it's on certain yeah, things, on certain topics. Yeah, on certain topics. Yes, there, actually, his rating numbers are way below even Carter, uh, and he was supposedly had their lowest ratings, but. Uh, it's a little scary that, especially as we get into conflicts, uh, you know, like like what's going on right now in the Ukraine, and is it, it you know, you heard uh, our friend from uh, Moose Lake this morning. Do you get the idea that there might be some tie-in with his connection to Hunter and the Ukraine and the money that was coming in from Ukraine? Because Ukraine has that reputation of being one of the most corrupt governments in the history of uh, governments, period. And you wonder why he keeps pushing this pot of gold Ukraine's way. And we know that all the money is not going to buy mortar rounds and artillery rounds. A lot of it has been found to be supporting government, to be supporting infrastructure, um, maybe even pensions and things like that. Uh, I didn't know that we had become the the world government. I thought we were United States government. Well, this is part of the wasteful spending. I mean, we've got that. You've got all this money, this millions of dollars uh, that is going to these illegal immigrants. What did you say yesterday, Brad? Uh, 40, was it 40 million, 40 billion uh, going to to illegals for their welfare, if you will? Right. I mean, this has got to stop. And I think that there's a humanitarian side to everything. But we can't save the world, Brad. We can't no. save the world. We I mean, have you can't to, do this. No, we have to make some decisions. Are we going to be, are we going to protect our own border first before we worry about protecting Ukrainians border or Israel's border or anybody else's border? Yeah. I think that's our obligation as an American presidency and as a, as a government of the United States, I think that's our, our number one priority. And we have, we have just abandoned it and forgot about it or pushed it aside. Yep. Yeah. Well, listen, I know, I know we got to do our, did we do our CBS break? No. Let's do it. Let's get it done now. And then we'll come back. I want to talk about how this relates to Minnesota a little bit, too, because there are some connections here. One of our listeners has uh, kind of made me aware of. We'll be back. KDAL. It's the stuff. Wake up, America. People are talking about. Because we're being overran. Our borders are being overran. This is KDAL AM 610 and FM 103.9. KDAL time, 1242, 40 degrees in Duluth, 40 degrees in Superior and Canal Park, Army Corps of Engineers, 36 degrees. If we go to the Iron Range, 38 degrees in Hibbing, and so still some mild air. Uh, My goodness, 41 in Ely right now. Yeah. What did what did you say the high got to yesterday? Uh, we set a record yesterday, Brad. A record that stood for 147 years. Fifty was the record high did yesterday. Hit Fifty. Okay. My old yeah. stomping grounds, Eau Claire. They broke another record yesterday. Fifty-three. Minneapolis. They came close. Their record was fifty-nine. I'm sorry, fifty-one. They reached forty-nine in Minneapolis yesterday. Ashland, fifty-one. Came kind of close. 54 was the record. But, again, very mild weather, and uh, we're seeing this continue. 
And uh, my goodness, um, yeah. Um, oh, by the way, Brad, today is yes. frozen yogurt day. Frozen yogurt. Are you a frozen? Have you ever had frozen? Oh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I've had it once or twice. Yeah. I'd rather have ice cream. Well, yeah, I, I might prefer ice cream over frozen yogurt, but I don't mind frozen yogurt. And it's and a, No, it's not bad. Yeah, it's no. a relatively new creation. Now, when I say relatively new, 1970 is the first soft-serve uh, frozen yogurt. H.P. Hood created that. They, he called it Frogurt. Frogurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but if you get the right flavor... Uh, and and it's well it's well done yogurt. I, you know who really had great yogurt when when my wife and I went back to Vietnam. Vietnam had great yogurt, and it was French yogurt, Ooh. and they had it at every breakfast place that we stopped. And no matter what hotel we yeah. were in, if you'd go into the hotel in the morning, they would always have certain uh, certain things: coffee, very strong coffee, yeah. and they always had French yogurt. And it was well done. Say, getting back to this Biden-Trump thing, this is intriguing to me because you've got a president in the White House whose son has come under scrutiny. Uh, Biden, Joe, has been attached to some of that uh, um, doings, if you will. Um, Oh, yeah. And now you've got Donald Trump who's facing his uh, legal battles, if you will. Yet Donald Trump is leading in the polls in practically every category over Biden. Exactly. By large amounts, yes. And, and now yeah, it's we, getting we, seems like it's getting bigger all the time. And now we learn that Trump is not going to be immune uh, to the the this court stuff. I, I'm just curious, Brad. Where does this all end? I mean, we've got election day coming up in November, and that's going to decide, I think, the end to this. If I there's even so an too. end there, yeah. but. Does Biden make it to the finish line, the finish line being the election day? Does uh, uh, Trump make it to the election, uh, to the deadline, the the finish line again? And again, what happened to RFK Jr.? Where is he in all this? I thought he was running. Well, he's decided he's going, if he is going to run, he's going to run as an independent. He's going to run not as a Democrat. He's not running in this primary stuff. No, no, he's not. Oh. No, and that's. You know, I don't know where this is going to end. There are still professional prognosticators out there, people that supposedly know politics and uh, know the feelings of uh, polls. Uh, You know, they can judge the way polls are going and can judge exactly what's going to happen much better than you or I can. And some of them have still come out and said, Biden's not going to make it to the finish line. Somewhere around, the the thing that I have heard over and over again is around the 1st of September that they keep referring to that period that uh, that something will happen where he'll either say he has a medical condition or something has come up and then, then they'll, then the Democrats will have to kind of uh, um, pick raise a person up, shall we say, almost like a religious type thing. They'll have to find somebody to raise up as the standard bearer. Um, Will Donald Trump make it? Well, more and more, some of his legal problems seem like they're being pushed off instead of uh, going forward. And in a number of the cases, like down there in Georgia, I think the uh, 
the district attorney down there is probably going to end up with more issues than Donald Trump has. It's looking like she is getting further and further into uh, problem areas with her romantic uh, endeavors oh, yeah. and the money that was brought up. Yeah, That's got to be thrown out. That, that, that can't continue. She can't be a part of that. It, it can't. Okay, no. so 11-5, November 5th, uh, Tuesday, is the election. We're going to vote for president on Tuesday, November 5th. That's 273 yep. days out, Brad. Or 39 weeks. Man, so much. From today. Can it? From today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much really can happen between now and then. It's almost hard to believe. Uh, Before we go to Minnesota News, I want to give you a note just from one of our listeners today that was talking about Groundhog Day last week. And he said, uh, you know, that's the day we always have a little, little fun about a large rodent can predict our weather. Uh, next week, another hog will come out in it, of its hole. That hog I'm speaking of is the Minnesota legislature. This hog makes different predictions. It's not a shadow we'll be looking at. This hog will tell us how much money it will be taking from us. Last year's hog was a record in size. It ate $17.9 billion that it had in our in our trough then ordered another $9 billion plus of new spending on top of that. Today's newspaper tells us, and if you look at today's Duluth News Tribune or Minneapolis, you know, Pioneer Press, whatever you want to have, tells us how much the university systems want in their trough, $650 million to make improvements in buildings and this and that and the other thing. This is one of many projects the hog has its eye on. It's my belief that next year we will find out the hog will have eaten everything in the trough, then dug us a hole, uh, and will look to us to bail it out. It, it, is, is this going to continue on? I mean, last year, the first year we had a trifecta in the state of Minnesota, we had the governorship, the House, and the Senate all controlled by Democrats, and you saw what happened. We not only spent $17.9 billion surplus on all kinds of new programs, new wants, new desires. I want some of this candy. I want some of that candy. I want this one, that one. Plus, then at the end, they said, well, we even got some more things we want to spend money on, but we don't have any money left. So let's just tax the people nine plus billion more. And now this year, it's starting all over again. Are the people of Minnesota so gullible and so left-leaning that we are going to say, whatever you want, legislature, we're willing to give you our last dime out of our britches. We're we're willing to reach into our pocket and take whatever pittance we have left in there and give it to you. Or are we finally going to say, you know what, that whole thing we had a year or two ago with a divided government, that worked pretty slick. That worked pretty good. It kept us out of these huge, big expenditures. And that's, I guess, what what's going to happen in Minnesota, too, is that we're going to have to make those decisions come November. Are we going to elect a few more Republican uh, representatives to balance out the House and the Senate in the state of Minnesota and to balance out the spending so that uh, Walls will not know that he can just walk into the chamber with a a uh, thing in hand and say, hey, I, I got something else I want to spend money on here. Uh, let's oh, do it. 
by the way, the Duluth School Board, they want our money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there I was a story a... last night. They want to spend, they want, they're asking us, Brad, to spend $5.2 million a year over 10 years. On technology, right? $52 million. So they're going to, and they want to hold a special election on May 14th. That alone will cost $100,000 just to hold that special election. I I don't know, Brad. I'm just. Do we, uh, do do we have any guarantees by this uh, school board of what, if, if the people of Duluth found enough spare change left laying around? Yeah. After the trifecta got done with us, if we gave them that money, did they make any guarantees about what kind of achievement levels would be met by our student population? Well, I I know jokes are to be saved until Friday, but that's no laughing matter, Brad. And you know what? That should be a part of the formula. Oh, it should be. Absolutely, it should be. Here's our projections. Here's what we're trying to achieve. Rather than we just want $52 million over 10 years. Because that's what they're doing, aren't they, Kenny? Aren't they coming and saying, look, we've got some holes in our educational ability. We don't, we don't have you enough know, technology to provide every student that we need with this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Then the answer should be, if we find this money to give you, what are you going to guarantee us will be the educational outcome and achievement for our population of students that yeah. are doing worse and worse every year. Well, that's a good point, Brad. You're looking out for the taxpayer. You're looking out for the uh, really the, the students and the parents that are going to be a part of this. You're looking for some give and take here. Yeah. Because Why isn't that what million? we look isn't that what uh, we look for? If we go to a if we go to a car lot and, and it's that time that we figure we need to buy a new car, don't we ask the car dealers well, how is your car going to perform better than the Chevy or the Cadillac or the Ford? Uh, what makes us, why should yeah. we spend the money on your product? I need details. I don't know, Brad. Yeah. $5.2 million is a lot of money. That's all Every they want year for, for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we can't, I, I just, I don't know, man. I shake my head at this and think, really? Why, why the high end on this? Why not come in with some real, um, um, Compre- uh, not comprehensive, but some um, figures that we can comprehend. Yeah, yeah. I can't comprehend can this. I'm sorry. Well, you're going to guarantee us that we're going to um, see uh, overall student achievement in math scores uh, increase to 10% because everybody's going to have a laptop to work off of? Well, maybe then I can look at it as a legitimate thing. But What happens if we run into another pandemic are these kids going to be forced to our, learn remotely again and what's going to happen to this 5.2 mil annually i, I don't know well, brad i'm just I, i'm concerned I, I got my hand up kenny oh <laughs> yes you in the back I got, row i got a second i got a second question spit your gum out before during, you ask me a question young okay. man <clears throat> there excuse me <laughs> okay during the pandemic <laughs> how much government money went to the school district and what was it supposed to do, and did it accomplish anything? Uh, I don't know, but I do know recently that uh, former Education Secretary Betsy, uh, is it Betsy DeVos? She was on one of the networks, it might have been Fox, and she was talking about how schools aren't focused on the key issues and that kids are struggling to catch up post-COVID 
Well, what's in the future in the next 10 years? Oh, boy, we got to go to break. Yeah, we, we do. We're running late. We'll be back, folks. KDAL time is 12.59. We're going to take this right up to the top of the hour, Brad. All righty. Yeah, in fact, we'll be back uh, very soon with the third hour. So please, uh, you know, make sure you come back. We got a lot more to talk about here on the Tuesday edition of Sound Off right here on 610 KDAL Radio.